Hey, this is Ryan Lichten from Culture Dumps and Podcast 99. Do you wish you could do something to support your boys even more than just listening to our awesome shows? Well, now you can. Subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash culturedumps, where you will find over 100 bonus episodes from our many side series, like Squirts, DocuDumps, Ryan's Report, WDUMP, The Brown Sound, and Woodstock 99 set commentaries. Our Patreon also includes exclusive access to our research materials and a cornucopia of other Dump and Woodstock 99 related content, including the infamous Woodstock 99 mystery tape. We know times are tough. If you can't swing a subscription, always remember, a great way to support the show is to spread the word. Keep on dumping, and we'll see you at Woodstock. Hello, folks. Welcome back to Culture Dumps. I'm Ryan Lichten. Hey, this is Parks Miller. Um, well, we're, we made it. This is the harrowing conclusion of our Anna Nicole Smith series. Uh, we got a, you know, our, we'll be on a more regularly, you know, scheduled programming uh, kind of deal coming up after this. Um, this one, it, it really has been the most difficult dump of all um not just because we like i did so much research for it i also did the research incorrectly like usually like if i'm reading a book like i take the notes as i'm reading and then type them up as i'm doing it so i don't get too far ahead of myself totally fucked that up read like a whole book then had to go back through it um my fault um also you know it's this one just wasn't fun <laughs> like they're like mm. like you know usually when like we're writing a dump i'm like oh and then like i could make this joke or this joke like this episode like barely in, like no jokes like it's just like right. fucking a bummer well this is the tragic conclusion to a you know to a tragic a, a very sad story yeah so i mean how how are you feeling you ryan because you know i know you love anna nicole smith so I miss much her. and i know i know you're gonna do you know you're gonna do some last words at the end of this episode but like i mean did it has it diminished or affected your love for anna nicole smith no no i mean no i, I miss her more than ever but um but i think it, it definitely has uh changed the way i'm going to approach topics from now on and like you know like really like kind of considering what what's a dump like not because like like it doesn't fit into dump world but like what what would i enjoy actually uh putting down to paper you know and recording um like Just next difficult subject matter difficult research yeah and like you know it, it, it's it's been uh like we, we like this is the first time where we've been getting emails from people who are like first time listeners to the show that found us through like our use of like Anna Nicole Smith, like hashtags and being like, mm. so when's the next one coming out? When's the next one? Like, and I'm just like, Oh damn, like this, uh, Anna transcends dump world, <laughs> I, I guess. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, next, next episode is going to be, uh, a lot of fun. I'm very excited for yeah. it. Um, but she was, she was definitely not like obscure by any means. She was a, a huge celebrity. So right for a certain era, this, you know, and I think that's where dump dump. Sometimes you have our, your balloon fests, uh, something that you know really did only had a moment uh, in the sun, and then sometimes you have you know Anna Nicole Smith where 
you know, she really was very, very popular and very famous. Uh, but then it's just the, the details of the story is sort of so bizarre or sad or just impossible to make up that it belongs in culture dumps universe. Yeah, no, d- definitely. And, you know, it's like, uh, there's just there was just a lot of things that I didn't know and like also getting like a timeline down. It's just like it's way sketchier story than uh, than I ever realized. But uh, before we get into all that, um, just wanted to say we do still have some of our Anna inspired T-shirts available on culturedumps.bigcartel.com. Um, you can get some of those. We just have a few left in in, in a few sizes. Um, also, uh, for you Podcast 99 fans and Woodstock 99 aficionados, we have made available the mystery tape, not only on our Patreon uh, for viewing, but we're also selling these USB drives that has the complete mystery tape on it, which, again, is like a never-before-publicly-screened Woodstock 99 documentary made by the local newspaper up where it took place. It's amazing. It's, in my opinion, it's the best like compilation of Woodstock 99 footage. Um, but we also have a exclusive commentary track for that that you can only listen to along with the tape if you get the drive. Um, and also the full video of Podcast 99 Live. Our first show is on there. It's about a 90-minute show. I can't believe they allowed us on stage that long. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, Jesus yeah. Christ. Um, but it, it's good. And then also um, this really cool uh, digitized poster art that is like so crazy detailed you can zoom in and find new stuff in it all the time it's really cool so that is also available at culturedumps.bigcartel.com that really helps us out along with subscribing of course to the patreon patreon.com slash culture dumps um so previously on culture dumps anna gets a trim spa deal you know becomes a spokesperson for this new uh, you know, diet pill, this wonder drug, um, and kind of becomes a cultural moment all over again for that. Uh, that's a really big one. She has a very notorious public moment uh, at the American Music Awards that has lasted <laughs> the, the years, you know, and is still being shared uh, online today. Um, meets a young man named Larry Burkhead who gets her pregnant. She then moves to the Bahamas um, in order to kind of be sequestered away from the paparazzi in America as well as possibly fuck Larry Burkhead out of any chance of custody over his, his unborn child. Um, and that is of course at the, at the advice of Howard K Stern, uh, her surroundings are becoming increasingly volatile. Um, she gives birth to a beautiful baby girl, Danny Lynn. And of course her firstborn son, Daniel dies in the hospital room where Anna had given birth um, just days before to her daughter. And that is where we left off. So mm-hmm. let's let's begin here. We're going to try and stick with a pretty concise timeline. So if it gets a little listy, um, just know we're trying to break it down the best way we can. So the death of Daniel Wayne Smith, September 10th, 2006, 620 a.m., This is the last time Daniel Wayne Smith, the firstborn child of Anna Nicole Smith, was seen alive. His mother tries to wake him at 9.30 a.m. Nurses are called to room 201 at 9.38. A code blue is announced and emergency resuscitation begins. At this time, Howard K. Stern begins making phone calls. The first to Ben Thompson, a friend and former boyfriend of Anna Nicole Smith. And then to Ray Martino, Anna's longtime friend and acting coach and roommate of Daniel. At 10.05 a.m., Daniel Wayne Smith is pronounced dead at age 20. 
20 years Damn. old dude yeah. it, it like that is such the i mean there's a million things that are immensely tragic like on a greek level with with this like mm -hmm. the idea of one child coming into the world one leaving you know just like the darkness like the 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 one shining light that had remained constant in anna's life is now is now extinguished um but just like for reference ben thompson uh, the first call uh, that Howard made from the hospital, he was a real estate developer who had met Anna back in 2005. They had a brief fling, Anna, and he bought the house that Anna and company were living in in the Bahamas. Um, Anna claimed that the house was a gift, whereas Ben Thompson has always maintained no, I told them that they could stay in it until they could buy it from me. I'm not giving Anna Nicole Smith and this creepy guy Howard a fucking mansion in the Bahamas out of the good of my heart. Like, fuck no. <laughs> but, you know, like most things with Anna, like once she gets into your life, the tendency is to kind of cater to her wishes. I mean, we saw this a million times with like the Bohemian uh, Minister of Immigration, Shane Gibson. Like once <laughs> once she gets right. once she gets the talons in you, like you just mm -hmm. kind of go along with it. She had this magnetic power, but unfortunately she didn't have the power within herself to keep that from happening to her as well, with other people sinking their claws into her. Um so yeah. That's who Ben Thompson was. He's gonna be coming up a lot in this episode. So Anna, in both a state of hysteria and shock, demands that Howard calls her mother Virgie, but Howard insists on waiting. Virgie would not be called for several days. Around this time, Shane Gibson and Teresa Paramore arrive at the hospital to take three-year-old Danny Lynn home. Anna stayed at the hospital with Daniel. Anna not only stayed to be close to her son for the last few moments she could, but also because she was so hysterical that she had to be sedated. In between making phone calls and babysitting arrangements, Howard K. Stern was snapping pictures of Anna and her deceased son. And, dude, you can find those pictures. Like, they were never actually printed, um, but they are fucking ghoulish, dude. Like, you are, yeah. like, it is rough. Like, and, are you looking it up right now? I, you're going to fucking be, yeah. you're going to be bummed on this, dude. But, uh, like... Because there's the, the thing is, is Howard also took a lot of pictures of there's a famous picture that was used in all the press after Daniel died of him in bed with Anna, with the baby. And they're all smiling at the camera like happy family. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, but Howard also tacked on the ones of literally Daniel's lifeless body and Anna's like sobbing arms, you know. Um, it's, it's terrible. And I mean, it just yeah. how fucked up, like to, I like, get that moment, like Howard's mind was like absolute crisis, like we better get some pictures of this. So we're, cause we're, so we're the only ones with pictures of this, which at one point, like on one hand, you know, everyone was always trying to make a buck off of Anna and pictures were the best way to do that. So by taking pictures, being the first one to have them, no one else could sell them or make money off them. But also like Howard, we see right through this shit. It's incredibly bizarre, incredibly suspicious. And like I said, just ghoulish dude like when you see the picture yeah. daniel's lifeless body mm -hmm. like the color has absolutely left him uh his mm -hmm. eyes are still open i mean it is it, it is it's ghastly it's, it's very very sad yeah and sh and i mean she looks like she's been crying for you know she just she looks rough and not and, and just not in a you know a looks kind of just in a looks like she's at a very low point um, it's the worst to to be, you know, because of everything that's been going on. And then at this very particular moment to be it. I mean, it's it it reads as very strange. Um, you know, it's death is very difficult. And, that you know, you, you do take there are photos at funerals and 
you know, but there, I think just with everything going on with her sort of, yeah, but like this said, isn't like, that tabloid. like this tabloid is like a crime and scene photos photo. like, it, yeah, anytime there's an opportunity to take a photo to make a buck, you can't rule that out. And so it's just it's just like another thing. Right. With yeah. like all of these just kind of really wild out of pocket photos that exist of Anna Nicole Smith in her life. Like <laughs> those, but those photos you know of I mean? Anna with her dead son are out of pocket, yo. <laughs> like that's a very <laughs> subtle way of putting it. Yeah, no, they're horrible. They're absolutely terrible. But yeah, and yeah. also it's like you know, photos at a funeral are one thing. Photos when the guy, the, the the kid hasn't even been moved from the place that he died is a whole mm -hmm. different thing, and he's twenty years it, old. It, I mean, it feels yeah, it feels like this hit you know this had to have happened so soon after his death, you know, within minutes. Even. Anna hasn't Sec even let seconds go of him. even. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's just like, damn, dude, can you wait a second? No. You know? Yeah. No, he, he, he couldn't. So by the early afternoon, Daniel's body was taken in for a mandatory autopsy. The autopsy was mandatory, of course, due to the incredibly suspicious circumstances under which he died. A fucking healthy 20-year-old man in a hospital room surrounded by, quote, loved ones to just end up dead. Yeah, incredibly suspicious. So after the body of Daniel Wayne Smith was taken to the morgue, Howard and Anna began to pack their things and clear the now infamous room 201. While Anna collected Daniel's belongings in empty hopes that he would be returning home, Howard packed up what friends of Anna began calling his goodie bag. This is a simple black duffel bag. Like if I had a goodie bag, like if I had a bag full of pills that was so full of pills to the point that like my fucking girlfriend or whatever Anna was to him at that point, like friends started calling it my goodie bag. It's going to be like a dope bag. Like, but nothing. nothing Howard yeah. has never worn anything cool in his life. He's never had anything cool in his life. Anna was the coolest thing that was that ever happened to fucking Howard. So it's just this little black duffel bag, but it was just full of prescription medications under a slew of different names. Some his, some Anna's, some pseudonyms, some prescribed to the doctors that were prescribing to them. Um, like just like uh, it's it's very, very damning. Um, now, one of the things found in Daniel's belongings, by the way, was a business card for the private investigator, Jack Harding, who we mentioned on the last episode, who Daniel had uh, met to see about hiring to, you know, expose Howard and the people surrounding his mother and, and like I, in mm -hmm. in retrospect, save her life. Um, now, Howard was incredibly troubled when he learned uh, that Daniel had hired a P.I. Like, what, what does this guy know? So he hires a P.I. Uh, who, who's actually a private investigator to the stars, John Nazarian, to spy on Jack Harding. Like, dude, sending two spies like after each other, like. Just it's it, this is a crazy story. Uh, and that was an attempt to find out what he knew. And now Nazarian is a very interesting character. Lots of celebrity cases, very similar to Anthony Pelicano, who we mentioned on our celebrity sex tape episode. Um, and there, and also I did a whole docu dump um, about a Pelicano documentary that came out. I believe it's on Hulu. Incredible story. The guy uh, renegade private investigator to the stars. Like, I mean, basically had everyone's dirty laundry like on in a file like he could blackmail anyone in Tinseltown uh with everything he knew i mean that includes you know like you have Pam Anderson and Tommy Lee you have uh uh Gary uh Chandler you have um Chris Rock i mean just like huge names but John Nazarian was very similar to that um, and you have this great moment it's written in the book um Blonde Ambition the one that i, I keep referencing where like 
Jack Harding, you know, he's a private investigator. He law enforcement guy knows what to look for. He notices that he's being spied on and, he, and like him and Nazarian have kind of like a private investigator like, well, what are you doing here? Well, well what are you doing here? Like kind of like private mm-hmm. investigator standoff, which is fucking crazy. Mm. Um, but anyways, back at the home, Anna and company were occupying a luxurious mansion known as the, I'm going to say luxurious like Bobby Trendy does from the Anna culture. Luxurious with a G, uh, a luxurious mansion known as the Horizon House. Things were in utter chaos. Anna's mental state was rapidly deteriorating. Caught between heavily sedated episodes of asking everyone in the house where Daniel was and then having to be reminded that he had passed away, she was essentially incapacitated and barely able to care for her baby daughter, which left the logistics of Daniel's death in the hands of Howard K. Stern. Anna was hallucinating. She was so upset. She would be speaking with Daniel. Like, and again, all the drug use and everything gets ramped up. She's on doctor administered, you know, sedatives at this point. And uh, apparently, according to like the housekeepers and stuff, every time someone would have to remind her what happened to Daniel, she would relive the the discovery of his body like over and over and over. Uh, So like multiple times a day going through, like going through finding out that her son died for the first time. So, like, everything would yeah. be chill for, like, an hour or so, and then you would just hear, like, blood-curdling screams come from the upstairs. Uh-huh. It's cr- Man, this is going to sound dumb, but it's just crazy what, the like, the mind can yeah. do, you know, like, under stress or trauma, and to have something happen like that, where it's, like, some sort of serious inability to accept what's well, happening. So you keep, yeah. like, reliving it. You know, yeah. Well, and also, I mean, she was under, you know, she was under the influence so heavily, not Mm -hmm. just from, you know, having given birth and being under doctor administered stuff, but also her regularly scheduled (laughs) regimen of pills, you know. So, I mean, it's I mean, how many times have you just had a couple drinks and you don't remember that you just told someone this is maybe more my problem. You don't remember that you just told someone the story like five minutes ago that you're telling right now. Oh, uh, (laughs) that is your problem. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you. Uh, Uh, but yes, it is. It is very possible. Yeah, especially under you got the substances, you've got a birth, and then this death. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I I sympathize, but I'm just saying it. That is such. It's terrible. And then just to be around her and like the adding to the surreal nature of it, you're like, wow, something really fucked up happened. And now on top of it, just like this reaction is just like recurring. Over and all and the again. while, yeah. there's a baby. You know, there's there's a baby, a brand new baby in the other room. Now, Howard was feverishly running around the house, clearing the home of anything that could have bad optics as a serious media shitstorm was brewing. He was seen by housekeepers and friends going back and forth from various bedrooms to the bathroom and flushing things. Now, Ben Thompson's son uh, and his son-in-law saw Howard go through Daniel's luggage and take something out in his hand, not anything big enough for them to see, and then go immediately and flush it. What could that have been? Who fucking knows? It's all a lot of this is hearsay. And it, and it's it's like, who knows what was going on? You know what I mean? Like, but one thing was accounted by many, many people in the house. And that was that Howard was making an awful lot of trips to the bathroom and he wasn't shutting the door and he wasn't pissing. Uh, but he kept flushing the toilet after going in and out of rooms like a fucking Benny Hill sketch. where like, you know, chasing the nuns in and out of like the mm-hmm. hallways, like just like, like flush, flush, flush. Now. Uh, coroner Linda Virgil needed someone to identify Daniel's body for the record. 
Anna, being in no shape to take the trip as she couldn't even remember that he had died, sent Howard and Ford Shelley, the son-in-law of Ben Thompson, to identify the body of her son. Now, here's what's crazy. Linda Virgil, she could tell that something was up because this is so suspicious, right? And, I mean, obviously, like, when you have a megastar in a, in a small hospital in the Bahamas where there aren't megastars, especially from America all the time, like, you have the utmost care given. So the fact mm -hmm. that this kid died uh, is just mind-boggling. So she insisted on interviewing Anna that very day as Anna was the one who discovered the body. And she told Howard that no matter what he said, she was going to go to that Horizon house to speak to Anna. So Howard rushes back to the house in an effort to beat Linda there. Ford Shelley, who was riding with Howard, claims that Howard was screaming on his cell phone telling whoever he was talking to to put the pills away. That's a quote. <laughs> um, which ones, right? Upon arriving to the house, Howard was seen putting his goodie bag under Anna's bed by a housekeeper. And Shelley saw him do that, too. Uh, now, rarely do you hear about Howard's possible involvement in the death of her son. You always hear about it in the death of Anna. But that was a very short-lived mm. story. Uh, there are tabloids with that front cover, like, how, like you know, Daniel murdered, and then there's conspiracy theories. But that kind of faded by the wayside, and there's reasons for that that we'll get to. Um, but by September 13th, 2006, Daniel's death was officially deemed suspicious by authorities. No shit. Upon this announcement, an, an official inquest began. At a press conference, Reginald Ferguson, the assistant commissioner of the Royal Bahamian Police Force, mentioned that no drugs were found on Daniel, but that two pills were found on a separate bed that was slept on by the, quote, third person in the room. That bed was the other bed in Anna's hospital room, the bed that Daniel was sleeping in before moving to his mother's bed. The third person in that room and the last to be in that second bed was Howard K. Stern. The pills that were found was a unidentified muscle relaxant and methadone. Okay. So Daniel yeah. was in this bed. Mm -hmm. He moves to his mother's bed, dies in his mother's bed. She wakes up, remember, and now he, his lifeless body is cuddled up next to her. Howard was the last one to be in this bed that now two prescription fucking opioids were left in. Now, whether or not they were Daniel's or Howard's, we don't know that yet. But, I mean, it's not looking good for Howard. Now, superstar medical examiner Dr. Cyril Wecht oversaw the autopsy and discovered the presence of three prescription drugs in Daniel's system, Lexapro, Zoloft, and Methadone. Daniel had been prescribed both Zoloft and Lexapro, whereas Anna had been prescribed Methadone by a Dr. Sandeep Kapoor on multiple occasions. So Methadone was around, but Daniel was prescribed Zoloft and Lexapro because he was so depressed over what was happening with his mom, being separated from her, going through a bad breakup. So he's prescribed these. They don't mix well at all with Methadone. It can, it's fatal. Um, and, you know, those, Zoloft and Lexapro, those are antidepressants, whereas Methadone is used to wean opiate addicts off of their drug of choice particularly heroin right so it's a very very hardcore drug now one prominent theory as to why daniel had methadone in his system when he had no prior history of drug addiction and a very brief history of drug use in general was that howard had given him the drug when daniel mentioned he had a headache whether or not Howard was aware of how deadly the combination of methadone along with the medications daniel was on is anyone's guess there is also the question of whether or not howard was even aware of daniel's prescriptions on the other hand, there is the theory that Howard purposefully overdosed Daniel, sensing a threat to his own relationship with Daniel's mother. That's, mm, I mean, that's very 
That's chap, very, that very intense. I can't imagine mm-hmm. that because Howard, he would have known how detrimental this would have been to Anna for her to lose Daniel, mm-hmm. how this could have ruined everything, could have ruined her life. She could have committed suicide, you know, but from from the like he he would have known. I don't think that that's the case, but I think that he was so used to giving out pills and, and it was so uh, it was so commonplace in their group that it was like, oh, you got a headache here. Have some methadone. We all, like and then it just fucking killed. Right. Him. I was going to just say that it feels like, you know, if there's this within their small group, there's this culture of a lot of drugs and a lot of them are prescribed uh, once that that kind of becomes the normal in their bubble. So it wouldn't you know, I've. I've never taken methadone, but if no. people are, if, if everyone around you is kind of doing it or has it and it's available, if they've got different pills, then it, it's not going to feel so out of left field to, to take one yourself potentially. Right. So yeah. I, think it I was mean, just like, that was what yeah. they were surrounded by. He also just might not have known at all and just assumed like, Oh, I have a headache. You gave me an aspirin. Like we're in a hospital. Like, are you, are you would you be stupid enough to give me some like fucking narcotic? You know, I mean, who knows? I, I don't know. I mean, again, yeah. he was, he's young. I mean, as far as it seemed like, I mean, according to his conversation with Jack Harding, Daniel knew quite a bit about the inner workings and kind of the underworld of his mother's life. So I don't know, but regardless of how poor young Daniel met his demise, Howard K. Stern still jumped at the opportunity to capitalize on the tragedy. With Getty Images as a broker, Howard and Anna sold the last photos of Anna and a living Daniel, along with photos of Anna holding her dead son, to Entertainment Tonight for a reported $400,000. Well, there you go. So if you were, yeah, if you were wondering, like, was there a monetary gain, there you go. I mean, that's that's messed up. Yeah, that dude. Is like, also, only four hundred. <laughs> Fuck you. Ryan. No, seriously. No, but I mean, right. like, no, I mean, and, and what's worth more, like the dead son picture yeah. or the baby pic? I mean, it's like now is one worth more now with the other? Is it a like how like the just the again the ghoulish market and the ghoulish negotiations that go into this shit is fucking crazy. Like when you see people like, oh, this is uh, this is the picture of the bathtub Whitney Houston died in. It's like okay, well now what's worth more, like that or a picture of her like hours before getting in, or if you saw them together, like you know, it's mm-hmm. it's it's crazy. Now. Howard claimed that Anna told him to take the photos, whereas witnesses claimed he was trying to convince her of the importance of the photos whilst taking them. So, like, no, Anna, like, we have to get it's trust, like, trust me, it's really important. Whereas she's like, no, like, go get the. What are you doing? Like, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Um, who, who's to say? I just, I really can't imagine Anna was like, hey, you better snap a couple pictures of this like horrible moment. Um, and separate deals were made uh, also like for, for the first pictures of like just Anna with her baby. And then the Daniel element became a whole nother deal because that's a separate story. Right. So during all of this, less than two weeks after Daniel's death, Larry Burkhead, father of Danny Lynn Smith, appeared on Entertainment Tonight to talk about the shady situation happening with his newborn child. Howard then made an appearance on Larry King to make his rebuttal. First of all. Entertainment Tonight is making so much money off of Anna Nicole Smith at this time. Like, they're the ones that bought those pictures. They were huge. They had a private jet that was constantly going back and forth to the Bahamas, like, during this period of time. Like, they would get, like, they would send one reporter, like, okay, you got to get on the Entertainment Tonight plane, and in the middle of the night, shoot them over to fucking Bahamas to get whatever shots they needed. Um, 
But the Larry King interview with Howard, um, that was the first time publicly where he stated that the baby was definitely his, not Larry's. Larry's just a hanger on. Uh, he's, he's just trying to take advantage. And how dare he come out like during this tragedy and blah, blah, blah. And I'm here to set the record straight. So that really kind of muddies the waters. Now, on September 20th, 2006, Linda Virgil, the coroner who was assigned to Daniel's death, the one who fucking knew something was wrong, she was removed from the case. This essentially ended the inquest into the suspicious nature of his death. The next day, Daniel's death certificate was issued with a pending chemical analysis. And as far as we know, on paper, it is still pending. So while we have the autopsy report, right, and it says what drugs were in his system, the actual death certificate that was issued by the, the Bahamas, they, they put it through and finalized it without it actually being complete with that pending analysis. Mm -hmm. Because if it was complete and it said, you know, acute intoxication or, or what have you, now they now there's a criminal investigation and it's just how shady mm -hmm. is that that the one person in the bahamas that wanted to nail something down to anna's crew uh more specifically howard is just completely removed from the case and then the next day the paperwork is filed and it's done like i mean we, yeah. we saw that which with, again we saw that with shane like gibson movie. we saw that with, yeah. the, with the immigration guy it's like okay well let's just push this through for Anna, you know, I mean, they, they, it really is strange the amount of political influence that they had in the Bahamas at that time. It's fucking bizarre. Mm -hmm. Like you said, man, the, the Bahamas, there's something, there's something dumpish about, about the whole place. You know, I want to, I want to say there's something like that with, with the Jeffrey Epstein case or something when one, someone in was, was trying to investigate and kept getting like removed from the case or losing her job or something uh yeah i mean we saw I that a million times but yeah yeah so it just it again it's yeah it's straight out of a movie and then boom next day we're all good here yep. you know done yeah so. so unfortunately even though daniel's body was ready to be released back to the family anna was essentially broke and the funeral would be postponed for an entire month all of the photo deals and interviews amounted to playing catch-up with increasing debt and ious that were being called on there was also a dispute over where Anna's son would be buried. Now, you would think that the final call would be Anna's, but Howard was in her ear explaining how much cheaper it would be to just keep Daniel in the Bahamas and bury him there, despite the fact that Daniel hated it there, and Anna wanted him to be buried in America, like particularly in his native of Texas. And if you remember, Daniel's uh, father, Billy Smith, who Anna had met all the way back at that Jim's Crispy Fried Chicken way back in Mejia, mm -hmm. at the, in the episode fucking one shit, uh, he even came out and was like, I, I, I didn't have a really a relationship with my son. I wasn't granted one, whatever, who knows what he was going through or what was going on in his life. But he even voiced like, I would like him to be buried in Texas, but didn't happen. Um, also Ray Martino, uh, Anna's acting coach friend, and also the guy who Daniel was living with along with Howard Stern's mother who dude, this is a fucking name, dude. Bronca Machla Schwarzwald Stern. <laughs> that is Howard K. Stern's fucking mother's name, dude. Um, Damn. Yeah. Bronca. So Bronca Machla Schwarzwald Stern. They went looking for a burial plot together in Hollywood, knowing that that's where Anna always wanted to be buried. But it was to no avail. Um, but, you know, eventually they did find a burial plot at the world famous Forest Lawn Cemetery in Glendale. Um, that that's what they chose. They're like, this would be great. Anna could be here, too, even though I'm sure Anna wanted to be at the Westwood Cemetery where Marilyn Monroe is. Um, 
But, you know, the the Forest Lawn is great. That's where Liberace is, Dio, uh, Betty Davis, uh, <laughs> Carrie Fisher, Debbie Reynolds, Lemmy. Um, fucking, like, there's a million. F- Freddie Prince is there. I mean, so that's a, that's a pretty good celebrity, uh, celebrity cemetery. <laughs> Sorry. That's just such a – I've never even – that's such a like L.A. thing. Like, I know. Oh, that looks pretty good. It's pretty good. There's good names in there. It's like that fame thing. It's like even to your death, like got to yeah. get in that cool club. You yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's between it's between that one for me and Hollywood Forever. But uh, Hollywood Forever is great. Like, I mean, everyone everyone in L.A. knows about Hollywood Forever because they do movies and concerts there and stuff. But that's where like a couple of the Ramones are. Chris Cornell is Judy Garland. Um, Mel Blanc, the man of a thousand voices from Looney Tunes, his tombstone literally says, that's all, folks. That's all, folks. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, you know, yeah, they, they found the burial plot at Forest Lawn. But last minute, Anna said that she wanted him in the Bahamas because she had decided that she was going to be living there for the rest of her life. And how daunting that sounds now, knowing what we know. Um, so... Life after Daniel. Though the distance between Anna and Daniel had grown over the last year or so before his death, the knowledge of his absolute absence was too much for Anna to bear. But she pressed on through, and Daniel's funeral took place on October 19th, 2006. Reports claim that Anna was incredibly despondent, borderline delusional at the, at the proceedings. Um, it's, it, it, I mean, just an overall incredibly sad affair. Anna and, and this history of bizarre behavior. Uh, and I mean, it, it's it, it's definitely excusable bizarre behavior. I mean, you know, grief does does interesting things to people. But, you know, her like having her own funeral for J. Howard Marshall and singing Wind Beneath My Wings and wearing her wedding dress and then coming in and like talking like Daniel's coming back home at this funeral for her son. It's just fucked up. But you want to talk fucked up? Mm-hmm. Let's back up for a second. One would think that the time between Daniel's death and his burial would be filled with all-consuming grief for Anna Nicole. And it was. But, against all odds, and at the behest of Howard, a mock wedding was staged on September 28th, just 18 days after Daniel's death. Fearing Larry Burkhead's potential victory in the looming custody battle over Danny Lynn, Howard felt it would be good for their image to publicly express their, quote, love and devotion to each other. After all, why would Anna not want to marry the man who claimed to be the father of her newborn child, the same man she had been living with for years? So he's such a scumbag, dude. And if you look at the fucking pictures, like Anna looks happy, but you know that they cranked up the dosage for that day. Howard looks happy like he's getting one over on everyone. Howard, I've always described as the Lester Diamond from Casino, James Woods character. Like, like, he's like, oh, no, just marry him. Just marry him for the money. The fucking pimp. Yeah, the fucking piece of shit. It's it's so fucked up. Um, but the the thing is, it's a mock wedding. It wasn't real. There was no actual marriage certificate. It occurred on a boat as to elude paparazzi. Um, but also it wasn't just to like for their privacy. It was to ensure that Howard and company were the only people with access to photos of the event so they could sell them. Right. It's like, well, let's not do yeah. this where people can see it. We'll go way out into the fucking ocean. We'll, we'll be the only people with pictures of this wedding. And then we can sell that. And that will make up the cost of all this shit. You know, it was all it was all a fucking PR thing. And like it's like, a, hey, let's look like a functional, happy family that we want the world to mm. see us as so we can make sure that the baby doesn't go anywhere. And it just seems so desperate. And Howard finally had Anna in such a vulnerable state that he could completely take the reins. And even though it wasn't official in the eyes of the public, he is now married to the Anna Nicole Smith. 
right? It's yeah, it's, it's just a it's status thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and just so you guys know, the uh, reception for this wedding was catered by Kentucky Fried Chicken. Um, that they, they actually they 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 posted up on this little island. And uh, oh and uh, someone on a on a second boat came with like KFC for everyone. The, not the second boat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, they had to re- do. They had to ship it in. Yeah, <laughs> you don't want KFC oh, like God. waiting around all day. Like you want it to be picked up, put on another boat, and brought over. You don't want it sitting around. It gets weird. Yeah, um, yeah it, it does. Um, so, I mean, that ha- like that to me is just the most bizarre thing. And so then she does a whole press junket about their wedding. And again, it's all fucking fake. It's not a real wedding. It was. It's like a commitment ceremony or something, but all for the cameras. Now, the following months were surely a blur for Anna. Between high-profile televised interviews regarding her son's death as well as her, quote, marriage to Howard K. Stern and trim spa photo and commercial shoots, she was busy enough to keep her mind occupied, but she wasn't the same person. Not to mention her rigorous routine drug use, which at this point was at an all-time high thanks to a small stable of doctors and enablers who had prescriptions written in their name for the explicit purpose of giving their drugs to Anna and Howard. Like, the doctors would write each other prescriptions. Then those would be good because, like, they didn't want to be put on any watch list for prescribing too much. They, they would use pseudonyms. They would use fake names. They would write prescriptions for, for their friends, like their, the glam team. Like, whoever they could just to get this nice, like, <laughs> batch of pills the that they could keep. Shit. Yeah. The strong shit. Yeah, yeah. And Anna, she had also been taking regular injections of B12 and HGH um, and a a couple other things. But like, you know, things that are referred to as longevity drugs, just to keep up your health and your appearance, uh, keep you on the up and up when you're otherwise living an unhealthy lifestyle. And she would generally use the same injection site on her right buttock. Now, that injection site had become horribly infected over time, leaving intense sore red gooey abscesses okay and this is something that a lot of people didn't know that was discovered later on now as 2007 oh. began yeah dude it's fucking bad like like a fucking because they call it um muscle popping or skin popping in, in like heroin world where like you don't have any veins so you just inject it straight into your muscle and the the drugs they, they don't have anywhere to go so it kind of just sits there now with vitamins you can do that in, into your butt because the tissue is so soft however over time, doing it multiple, multiple, multiple times, you know, a week, a day, in, in some cases, it, it builds up and then it can't go anywhere. You get these abscesses. It's horrible. It's disgusting. It's painful. And it can make you very sick. So as 2007 began, life for Anna Nicole was increasingly difficult. The media storm surrounding her son's death and her own sham marriage was still going strong. Her home in the Bahamas, a.k.a. the Horizon House, had become a bunker rather than a mansion, with Anna's team having to cover the windows in order to block any view the hungry paparazzi might have come across during their 24-7 stakeout of the home. It was during this period that friends of Anna, Bridget Nevin, and King Eric came into the picture and helped (laughs) Anna emotionally. (laughs) Who the fuck is King Eric? I'll get into it. They came into the picture and they helped Anna emotionally, acting as pseudo-family members. Anna found solace on King Eric's boat during regular fishing trips they would take. And that is when Anna and Howard had the idea to purchase their own boat, a yacht Anna dubbed the Cracker, which would act as their personal escape pod for whenever the paparazzi got too fierce. The yacht was located in Florida, so Anna and her crew flew to the Sunshine State on February 5th, 2007. 
Now, Bridget Nevin, she was married to uh, Shane Gibson, the Bohemian Prime or, or Minister of Immigration, uh, and became friends with, with her. And then uh, King Eric was uh, Gibson's father. I've also, I also seen King Eddie. I believe it's King Eric, but that was Gibson's father. And he was kind of like he was like this ex kind of Bohemian pop star that now like ran a boat service and stuff and would take people out. And like they all became this close knit group. Uh, and also Anna called her boat the cracker because she thought that it was funny being like the only white people like in the Bahamas. Like, I mean, I was going to ask, why is it called the cracker? Yeah. She's like, yeah, because we're like Damn. the crackers. Yeah. Like, okay. I, I would argue that that the honky is a better boat name. Mm, but uh, yeah. yeah or even horn. the white devil is pretty sick. But like maybe for like a racing <laughs> boat. That one's pretty, pretty aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> the white devil. But also like the cracker, like, oh, here comes the cracker. Uh, yeah. Now, while on the flight to Florida, Anna was complaining of severe pain in her buttock, specifically the site of her usual B12 and HGH injections. Shortly after arriving at the Hard Rock Cafe Hotel and Casino in Hollywood, Florida, Anna's condition worsened. She began complaining of flu-like symptoms, and upon checking into rooms 607 and 609 under the aliases Fred and Wilma Flintstone, it was discovered by Anna's bodyguard. <laughs> I know, dude. Like, you couldn't do any better than that. Like, hey, I wonder if there's any famous people here. Well, someone did check in as the Flintstones. Like, what the fuck? But uh, Anna's bodyguard, Mo Brightthrop, uh, he found, like, he, he took her temperature. She had a fever of 105. Now, Mo claims that he tried to convince her to go to the hospital, but she refused. Now, others present claim that Howard declined the offers on her behalf as she was so out of it she couldn't really speak for herself. The next day and a half, Anna was feeling better. She was more responsive and her condition was improving ever so slightly. Her team was even able to get her to order and eat some food, crab cakes and shrimp cocktails. But most of her time was spent sleeping. The morning of February 8th, 2007, Howard K. Stern leaves the Hard Rock to finalize the boat deal while Anna was still in bed. Shortly after 1 p.m., Bridget Nevin notices that Anna was not breathing like a person normally does while sleeping. In fact, she was hardly breathing at all. Registered nurse and wife of Anna's bodyguard, Mo, Tasma Brightthrop, was also present. She entered the room and immediately knew Anna was in grave danger. Tasma was afraid to call 911 because of the media frenzy she knew would instantly begin, so she instead called Mo, who then told her to wait to call for help until he arrived at the room. So Mo gets to the room and allegedly is the first, well, first person Mo calls was Howard, okay, and then he calls 911. No one's doing the right thing in any of these situations. Yeah. Uh, but it's all because they know how crazy shit's about to get, you know. I get, yeah, that's another thing where, like, I mean, I don't, Maybe I just haven't lived or something, but I've just never. I mean, I've probably only called nine one one like maybe once in my life anyway. But yeah, yeah, just this. You always hear about this like they didn't call nine one one first. Yeah, it, like this happens so much in stories, you know. And yeah. like, is it just because a lot is like riding on the person, the situation, health and man? Because like, healthcare we, is just we, so we, damn expensive. We got. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know that's crazy yeah. yeah so apparently though howard's reaction was surprisingly mellow almost as if he was expecting the call mm. now now the per the boat people that were interviewed that he was making the deal with when he got the call saying that something's seriously wrong with anna we have to call the ambulance his reaction was oh okay yeah i'll be right there 
and then hangs up and just said, hey, guys, I have to go. And that was it. Yeah, that's Not like, what? What's suspicious. wrong with her? Like, oh, okay. Okay. Like, 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 hey, it's happening now kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Like, if you were expecting mm-hmm. something to happen, you got the call, hey, this is happening now. Even a terrible thing, you'd be like, okay. Like, that's how he was. Now, when Howard arrived at the hotel, the chaos began. He instantly began cleaning the room such as he had when Daniel died. Um, and the front desk of the, of the hotel was called and help was summoned. Anna Nicole Smith was rushed to Memorial Regional Hospital, where she was pronounced dead at 2.49 p.m. She was 39 years old. And her cause rest of in peace, yeah, our queen. Rest in peace, queen. You are the best. You're the you're the best. Um, now, I actually one of the things that took a little long was I had ordered the autopsy report, the official autopsy report for Anna Nicole Smith, and I got it because, um, like, you know, people cut corners when they're reporting these things, and I just wanted to see it for myself. Now, listed on the actual autopsy, cause of death was acute combined drug intoxication with her abscesses being a contributing factor. So she had a blood infection that her body was not strong enough to fight off, even even enough to get her to the hospital to take antibiotics or anything because she was so worn down by the combination of drugs that she was taking. Now, this is very similar to what happened to Marilyn Monroe. This is, I believe, the same cause of death for Elvis. It's not an overdose. It's a combination. Same thing with, with, with Daniel. The, he didn't have enough of anything in his system to kill him. He, it was the combination of things, right? And it's, it's, just, it's, it's very just different. Been messing, you've just been messing your body up for you, you took too much long stuff. enough where you're, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, liquor before beer. It's like you can't mix. But um, yeah. so I want to read this drug list. Again, I'm, not, I'm no doctor. Um, but so I'm going to mispronounce some of these, but, uh, the main one, like the most toxic lethal one that she had that's listed as toxic and lethal was chloral hydrate, which was also found in Marilyn Monroe. There is this weird parallel between Anna and Marilyn Monroe, albeit it was never the way that Anna envisioned it. But I don't know why anyone looks up to to Marilyn Monroe or sees that as like an icon to like, or like, you know, like, Oh, like I want to be just like Marilyn. No, you don't. No, you don't. This is what happens. This is the sad fucking mm-hmm. shit that happens, you know? Um, so chloral hydrate, that's, that's the big one. That is a fucking killer. Um, now, listed under therapeutic drugs in her system, Benadryl, Clonopin, Valium, uh, Nordiazepam, Tamazepam, Oxazepam, Lorazepam. Um, she also had uh, aspirin in her system, uh, Toparamite. Uh, atropine. I mean, there's like a million things here, but the big mm-hmm. ones, obviously, that would raise is chlorohydrate with clonopin and Valium. Those are the big ones. Um, but also the the infection that she had from the abscesses. Um, it's it, and also it is another sad thing. Like with autopsies, a sad thing that happens is you start you get a better sense of their private life, obviously, because they're being opened up. Um, mm-hmm. She had she was covered in scars, dude. She, like from from C section scars, which understandable. She just you know she she had a baby or whatever. But I mean, just so much intense scar tissue from just plastic surgery being done over plastic surgery. Like her breasts were a mess, you know. But by this time, um, she had removed tattoos and tattooed over tattoos. But yeah, yeah, she was, she was pretty beaten up. Uh, but by the time that that she actually passed away, it's it's very sad. Now, this was a major breaking news story, interrupting regularly scheduled programming, not just in the U.S. but internationally. Like this, like it, it is really crazy. Just considering like how kind of niche and culture dumpy Anna Nicole is. Like to think that no, mm-hmm. like in the U.K., like 
broadcasts were interrupted to say that she had died, you know, like that. Yeah. It, it's she was huge. Now, life after Anna. Anna Nicole's death was very much like her life, a media sensation filled with legal battles and hearsay. The first order of business was where to lay the deceased superstar to rest. Anna's mother and Larry Burkhead teamed up to try and have her buried in Texas, whereas Howard insisted upon the Bahamas. Now, being that her son was already buried in the Bahamas, it appeared that that was the more likely outcome. Virgie and Larry tried to stop the burial up to the very last second, literally within hours before she was laid in the ground. Um, but alas, Howard's wishes were once again fulfilled, and Anna's funeral was held in the Bahamas on March 2nd, 2007. Now, this funeral, by all accounts, was everything that Anna would have not wanted it to be. She was in a basic brown casket, something right off the floor. She always envisioned herself being in a white casket with pink lining, um, you know, or, or pink with white lining. She, uh, she envisioned hundreds and th of thousands of, of white roses and, and pink roses, and, and everything was going to be so grandiose. Um, the church was half full because it was in the Bahamas. It was so sudden. Most people couldn't get there. They couldn't trust a lot of people to invite there. And also, Howard was in charge of the fucking guest list. He didn't even want her family to come because they stood in direct opposition to every he had always been trying to do so like, but i will say this um the ceo of trim spa came alex Gowen, and also interesting enough slash was there from guns and roses what and <laughs> have we talked about slash yet I no mean no he met her at a party i guess and was just like fuck i'll go to that shit I don't know. See, like an Anna Nicole wedding would be like, you know, that scene in the November rain video when Slash walks out in, in, of the church and blasts that fucking guitar solo in the desert. Yep. That should have oh, been yeah. her funeral, dude. Like, that's the kind of mm -hmm. funeral Anna Nicole Smith deserved. Um, yeah. But um, anyways, like, yeah, church is half full, basic brown casket with a really kind of shoddy pink like linen draped over it in order to give the kind of Anna pump up. But it, it just it falls flat. Um, and there's an army of paparazzi outside. Easily, there was 20 to 30 times more people outside than there were inside. Half of the church was empty. And Howard tried to start the proceedings without Anna's mother being present. Uh, she was stuck in traffic and, and was a little late. And when she arrived... Audibly from the crowd, you could hear someone utter, the bitch is here. Like, what the fuck? Oh, like, man. Yeah. Um, Larry was there. It, it, it was, it's it's a thing. Um, and also, she was buried with the ashes of J. Howard Marshall. So, they were they were laid to rest together. So, but was, okay, the bitch is here, like someone said about her mom. I mean, is that is that from the book? That's from the book, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. Rita, Rita Cosby, the author of the book, she was at the funeral as well. She was sat with the mother. She was at the funeral. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, she interviewed everyone. Like, like, like this book. It is, it is the quintessential one because Larry's been interviewed in it. The mother, uh, Howard, like Jack Harding. I mean, everyone involved. King Eric, fucking Bridget Nevin, like Mo mm. Brightthrop. Everyone's been interviewed in this fucking book, or, or there's quotes from everyone. So it really is the best. And yeah, uh, the bitches here. Like, what the fuck, dude? And also, he tried to. Um, she was able to be the first to to drop dirt on on the grave, but Howard was really trying to like force her out of the line, to where she would have like nothing to do, not be able to say any words, not be able to do anything to be any part of this funeral, making it all about himself, which is what this fucker has always done since he met Anne Nicole Smith. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, so Anna's burial signaled the end of one struggle and the beginning of another. What was to become of Danny Lynn? 
After a lengthy, bitter, and once again highly publicized fight for custody over Danny Lynn, it was decided through a DNA test, as well as Howard's now absolutely tarnished reputation, that Larry Burkhead was indeed the father of Danny Lynn, and therefore her rightful guardian. Now, a couple other people threw their hats in the ring for Danny Lynn, but mostly for attention. Like, there was some prince... Like that, like that, that was like, oh, I fucked Anna. Uh, like, could be mine. There was a guy that was a star on the show, Dallas, who she had a fling with. He was like, hey, who knows? Could be mine. But they're just like trying to stay relevant. But it just like made it just muddied the waters even more and made it that much more, you know, difficult. Um, and Howard's bizarre behavior, by the way, yeah, it didn't do him any favors because he was so unlikable, you know, and so dishonest that like he was treating it like like. It, there was barely love being shown towards this child. Whereas Larry, like very honestly and openly was like, like a man fighting for the rights to have his child, you know? Um, you but, know, I, I also, I got to say within this time period where this was like in the era, sort of like Mari and like, you are the father, but right. it's almost like just, I know paternity tests are still a thing, but it, that in itself was almost in the public consciousness. I felt like, more was just the 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 battle the who is the father the right in the reveal but everyone know? knows that dna trumps everything so if you fuck if you're howard and you fucking know that it's not yours like he's just doubling down like just grasping at straws right. at just you're just making a claim just to, you know just to make it to, to just so with- just so someone else has to go through trouble you know mm-hmm. like the right. jig is up dude um, also, you know, the, the infamous clown video, which we haven't mentioned yet, didn't do him any favors. Now the infamous clown video came out, I believe after Anna's death and it was Howard filming a very disturbed and inebriated Anna who was interacting with the daughter of Ford Shelley, uh, who was Ben Thompson's son-in-law, right? So there's this little girl at the horizon house playing with baby dolls. And Anna has like this very deranged clown makeup on like a la Heath Ledger <laughs> has the Joker, or like John Wayne Gacy or John Wayne paintings. Gacy. It's, it's very thick. Uh, the eyebrows are huge. It's very homemade amateur. And very it's like, what are you doing? What the hell's going on? Yeah. And, and she's walking around the house. She's obviously, under the influence she's carrying around a baby doll and the little girl keeps saying but that's not a real baby but that's not a real baby and she's like yes it is it's my baby she's like no but anna that's just a doll like you like you know it's bad when like a four-year-old is like hey like get back Mm -hmm. to reality (laughs) you know and 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 the daughter's parent i mean that little girl's parents were like what the fuck howard like this is like the environment that we left our daughter in like around like we thought we could trust you this is so fucked and like right. also Howard is off camera kind of orchestrating this whole thing, like asking, oh, repeat that, Anna, like say that again, Anna, like whenever she say something kind of crazy. Yeah. So you could see I've him like this egging video. this on. Yeah, it's very, very disturbing um, and it's not fun. It's not like like the American Music Award one is fun because she's having fun, even though it is like the signal of the downturn. The clown video is not really fun for anyone. Now, meanwhile, mm-hmm. Howard then faced legal troubles of his own. An unexpected consequence of Anna's passing was an investigation into both Howard K. Stern and Dr. Christine Araskevich for their potential roles in her death. Howard was facing two counts of conspiring to provide prescription drugs to Anna. These charges were later dropped, and he didn't get in any trouble at all for anything. Okay, Now, 
Uh, meanwhile, her former doctor and friend, Christine Araskevich, who wrote her many false prescriptions, faced four similar charges, ultimately being convicted of obtaining a prescription under a false name. She was sentenced to pay a $100 fine and serve one year probation. $100. Also, uh, Dr. Sandeep Kapoor, who was kind of the family doctor, he was the one that prescribed Daniel as antidepressants. He also got uh, hit with, with, with similar things and got very, very low penalty. Um, and that clown video, it, it really did play a huge part in the public perception, but the judge of these trials said that it did not influence his decisions in any way. The Thompson family, again, really worried about that video. They were the ones that kind of brought it to the forefront because of their young daughter's well-being. That was obviously in danger during the filming. But that that clown video, more, more with the prescription drug trial than the custody battle was used because it's like, look at this fucking guy, like – like ringleading this drugged out show here. And we know that he was providing the drugs. We know that he was getting these prescriptions, but let, let go scot-free basically. So Larry Burkhead and Danny Lynn were named guardians of Anna's $700,000 estate. While Howard was named the executor of her will. That of course means that Howard was in charge of making sure everyone got what, what was coming to them because of a will that Anna had made, uh, which was very shoddy and there was a lot of holes in it. Um, whereas Larry and Danny Lynn, they are actually the people that got, got the, got the estate. Um, which is just sad. I mean, Larry, like, you know, he, they, they were together for a, a couple years and and then he got the boot. And now this daughter who fucking only knew Anna for a couple months, you know, like, right. Yeah. Like, like they're now, they're now have all that stuff. Um, Cause that's gotta be such a, and I mean, I guess like, you know, Kurt Cobain's daughter didn't know him for very long, but just to like grow up and just sort of be like starting to understand the world and then learn about your yeah. mother who you didn't really get to know. You know, that's yeah. just got to be a super weird. And and continuously, people like us are rehashing this fucking story. Now, apparently, right. after all was said and done with the custody battle, Howard and Larry actually worked together to get things straightened out. And Howard even helped Larry get acquainted with baby Danny Lynn uh, before she left the Bahamas with him to begin a new life in Anna's former Hollywood home. On top of all of this, the Supreme Court finally decided against the estate of Anna Nicole Smith and the Marshall family did not have to pay a single cent to Anna's daughter who would have been the recipient of the near half a billion dollar fortune. So once Anna died, the Howard still continued to like, well, now it's going to go to the estate. And they're like, fuck mm -hmm. this. Like, like the lawyer for the house. And I, I kind of agree. Like, it's like, it's just over at this point, you know? And I, mm -hmm. like, it's just fucking over. Like how many people need to die? Like, like it's just right, over. Right. And like, you know, the, the lawyer said, look, in no way does this baby who again, like for all intents and purposes, didn't even know her mother at all. Like, and, and right. has no connection to the, to the Marshall family. Larry has no connection. Right. There's no fucking way that this family owes them any money, especially the quantity of that for like under the guise that it's, it's, it was just over, you know? Mm -hmm. So that, that's where, that's where that ends. So where are they now? Howard still practicing law. He's a public defender now. Uh, in Los Angeles County, you can find him on the public defender list. And uh, now, have you tried to meet him? I got his contact info, but it was like uh, it, it's it's like a directory for public defenders, so it's like impossible to get a hold of anyone. I can't imagine okay. how shitty it would be if I needed a public defender, like or if I needed like you know those memes where it's like uh, it'll show like a lawyer in really baggy pants with like the pay less dress shoes, and it's like if your lawyer is dressed like this, you're going to jail. Like that, <laughs> that's Howard. 
Like Howard dresses well, like I just that. He looks like shit. He's probably coming in with all his papers under his arm. Like, sorry, I'm late. Like that kind of shit. <laughs> I just feel like you would have maybe have tried to have meet him somehow. In no, some he doesn't want to talk to every anyone because everyone wants to shit on him. Now, I did reach out right, to the right. author of the book, and I do. I am planning on reaching out to Bobby Trendy, um, also Kimmy, but uh, but she's hard to get to. Larry Burkhead, he is uh, still the the loving father of Danny Lynn. I believe he's uh, some has something to do in real estate now. Still a photographer. Um, there, there's a great 2020. We put it up on our on our Patreon. Um, uh, where I believe Danny Lynn's like 13 or 14 and uh, maybe even 12. And they take her on a road trip across the country with Larry to go and connect with Anna's roots. And at the end, they go into this great storage facility in Hollywood where all of Anna's shit is. And you're just like, oh, fuck. Like to me, I'm like, that's a fucking museum. But, um, but yeah, she's still around. She, she's a, a teen now. She's seen for all intents and purposes, seems, you know, well-adjusted enough. Uh, Kimmy is a nurse, Bobby Trendy. He sells high profile real estate in West Hollywood. Um, and that's just where, where that lies. Now there is one fun thing we can talk about before getting into during the final year, uh, and, and the final year in change, I should say of Anna's life. There is a parallel storyline running throughout all of this pre Daniel's death through Daniel's death through the death of Anna. And after all of this, and that is the storyline of her final film, illegal aliens, which yeah. <laughs> I, I wanted, I was trying to find a way to write it so I could cover both like simultaneously, but no. So now we, now we get to lighten it up. So, um, well, we can talk about illegal aliens on the Patreon, and that's another reason why you should subscribe. We will. Yeah, we'll so. do, we'll do a bonus because also there's a great docu. So let me just break it down for you really quick. What it's about is it's three alien babes, okay? Like, it's, it's, I forgot, two, it's two no name actresses and Anna Nicole Smith. The three aliens, they come down to Earth to keep Earth safe, but they have day jobs as Hollywood stunt women. And, uh, and Anna plays like the ditzy one. And then China, the fucking wrestler, she plays the villain who's coming to destroy Earth. And so, you so, know, battle ensues. So this movie has Anna Nicole Smith and China in it. So this is like, Dump heaven, automatically baby. your top five favorite movie. Yeah, it's dude. No, it's hard to fucking watch, dude. It's really hard. China does this unbearable voice. That's like really crazy. Also, um, Anna threw her own money into it um, because they needed investors. It's obviously She's a very like a producer. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then Daniel was assistant producer. And like it's just hell. And there's they the director knew that this was going to be bad. Uh, this guy, David uh, Giancolo or Giancola. But he uh, he hired a documentary crew to film the entire making of the film and all the before and after stuff um, in order to make money because he's like, there's no way I like this is going to do well, but the documentary might. Wow. So there's a documentary called Addicted to Fame, which uh, if you buy a copy of Addicted to Fame from the director from his website, he'll send you or at least he sent me a free copy of Illegal Aliens with it. But it's, it's <laughs> incredible because like like I mean part of Anna being a producer is she gets rewrites and shit. So like, she's just fucking this movie up at every fucking turn. Like at one point, like she, she puts in a line, like some of her shit's funny. Like they, they admit, but she's, he's like, dude, like one day we came to a fucking standstill because she insisted on saying the line, I'm going to make you a man, witch, and I'm not talking about the sandwich. And she's like, right, <laughs> right. And they're like, what? And like Howard like would come out and kind of broker between because he was her agent. So he's like, look, like she's demanding this. And he and the director told him at one point, look, I'm just going to rewrite her as a fucking banana if she doesn't stop. And she'll just be a banana for the rest of the fucking movie. And I can do that. <laughs> 
So like, stop fucking with me. And yeah. Oh my God. And then of course, you know, Dan- like a nightmare. Daniel dies and then fucking she died. And it's just like this, this horrible thing connected to this awful movie, but illegal aliens. You, it, it, it is really crazy. That's the ultimate gem in the dump of this, right? This Absolutely. is the diamond in the dump. Absolutely. The and illegal um, aliens. Yeah. And addicted to fame is, is the, is the documentary, which is just fucking amazing. Um, Albeit sad, but it, 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 it really shines a more cheerful light. So that was happening during all of this as well. There's so many things happening with Anna. So what does it all mean, folks? What does it all Here mean? Here it goes. I <sighs> guess it means it's worth it to bet on yourself. Anna Nicole Smith, the superstar, began as Vicky Lynn Hogan, the small town soul. Only through an even mix of dreams, motivation, and putting herself on the right lap at the right time, Anna did what so many of us will never do. She lived her fantasy. But pleasure comes with a price. Once Anna began to believe that others could accomplish more for her than she could for herself, the odds shifted, and each subsequent decision and event in her life sent Anna down a path that could only end in one unfortunate way. For every reward, achievement, and bit of success Anna received, she lost infinitely more, from her first protector to her firstborn. Though the titanic weight of grief Anna felt her entire life might not have been cited as a cause of her death, it certainly played a big part. Perhaps the most tragic loss of all was Anna's loss of control over her own life, or perhaps Danny Lynn's loss of her mother, who she will never know. And that's what it means to me. Beautiful. Wow, is this your best one yet? I mean, it's my saddest one yet. <laughs> it's it is really sad. I mean, damn, you're you're becoming like a damn novelist over here. Well, one day I'll I'll release a very shoddily put together book where I just take all the outlines that I've read on the show and <laughs> pass them off as chapters, and yeah. <laughs> and we'll It'll have the really the weird kind of makes sense. The dumplopedia. Or- no, or if you just read just the, if like, you just read the outlines, we become a very uh, uh, normal podcast. Like, like, I, I, I was thinking well, about almo- maybe it's almost like self, like self help or like you know phrases to live by. You know, right? Yeah, <laughs> you can yeah. Put, you can put them on doormats. Affirmation. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly. What does it all mean? Well, yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's it's a very sad story. It's a very important story. It's a monumental fucking dump story. That's for fucking sure. Um, and I, I just appreciate your guys' patience. Um, we're going to be back to, uh, about two episodes a month now. Um, have some really, really fun ones coming. The next one's going to be really fun and lighthearted and I cannot wait. I'm back. I'm back in the groove back in the, back in the, in the motion here. Um, but yeah, folks, if you want to commemorate our 100th episode and our, our, our big landmark four episode series, Feel free to purchase one of our t-shirts. We're only making them once and we only have a few left. So that's at culturedumps.bigcartel.com for exclusive podcast 99 culture dump stuff. I mean, everything that we mentioned in the ad bump that we've been playing, um, you know, sign up to, I'm all sad now. Sign up to patreon.com slash culture dumps. I know I'm like somber. I'm like trying to plug shit and I'm just like, fuck, like fucking she's dead, dude. It sucks. Um, but uh, also one thing I want to throw in that the book uh, mentioned and I find it to be a f- kind of interesting point is that 
you know, Larry Burkhead, he has he has Anna's daughter who anytime a story comes out very highly publicized. Now, this is going to sound perverted, but it's it's not intended to be in any way. But he stands to make a fortune being the first person to have photos of her on her 18th birthday. Um, not in like a fucking sexual way or anything, but just like, look, who's an adult now. Boom. First fucking pictures. Mm. He's going to make like a million dollars off of that. I could guarantee it, you know? And like, and like the first interviews and everything, like now that like when she's able to like be in control of herself and do like, it's we're, we're, we're going to, this won't be the last that we hear of the saga of Anna Nicole Smith. It will just be in the form of, mm. uh, of her young daughter. Um, but Folks, with that being said, feel free to send us any comments or concerns, questions, suggestions for other dumps at culturedumps at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at culturedumps. I'm Ryan Lichten. And I'm Parks Miller. Keep on dumping.